Jesus' work in securing our salvation gives his people ample cause to love him and obey him. This is what we will study in this episode of Through the Word. Hi, I'm Adam Burton. I'm the pastor at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Every Thursday, I release a new Bible study that comes from the Gospel Project, where we go chronologically through the entire Bible to see how all of Scripture points to Jesus. You can watch through the Word on Facebook, on YouTube, Instagram, and our website. That's cbcmaysville.com. You can also subscribe to the Through the Word audio podcast in your favorite podcasting app. Would you do me a favor? Would you rate and review our podcast in Apple Podcasts? It, it helps with the algorithm and it gets more people to be able to see our podcast. Well, are you ready? Let's study the Bible. You know, we live in an age when we can access news about world events with just the tap of a finger. But along with this access, we can easily receive information some would label as fake or as unverifiable or even fabricated, you know, which makes it difficult to know whether or not our information and our conclusions are true or false. On top of that, social media piles on perspectives and opinions about situations from various points of view. In this context, how are we supposed to, to know whether reported and shared facts are indeed facts or, or just another example of, of fake news? You know, when you search for information regarding issues of, of faith in God, how do you determine the difference between fake news and truth? Well, we might listen to, to trusted sources, such as your pastor or, or Bible teachers from our church. We can ask more mature believers to, to verify the things we are listening to or are getting involved in. You know, we can evaluate all things through the lens of Scripture. We should test the fruit of the teachings that we are receiving and, and try to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Apostle John wrote 1 John to a group of believers and churches who had been bombarded with fake news about Jesus. Some false teachers had left the church, but the controversy they, they stirred up lingered. And so John responded to these false teachers and their false claims by not backing down, but by standing strong on the gospel with grace and truth. Now, at the same time, he aimed to encourage the believers by reinforcing their understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He reminded them of the amazing love of God evidenced in the completed work of Christ and clarified that how we experience his forgiveness. You know, through this episode, we want to remember that, that what is true about Jesus and to encourage a life of obedience that flows from love by understanding his completed work on the cross. Here's our first point. Obeying Jesus comes from remembering his completed work. 
You know, the Apostle John began his letter with confidence and clarity, describing Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as the eternal word of life. The disciples had had heard his voice with their own ears, seen him with their own eyes, and touched him with their own hands. They first heard the message of eternal life from this Jesus, God himself in the flesh. So John made it clear that the message he proclaimed in his letter was true, and any alternative message was fake news. You know, the first issue that John wanted to set right regarded sin in the believer's life. Read with me 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You know, John proclaimed that, that God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. Now, this metaphorical language has a moral quality to it. See, light means righteousness, and darkness means sin. So he began his letter with the truth that God is holy without sin, because this impacts how we interact with him. Right? If we say that we have fellowship with God, but walk in darkness, in, in sin, then we are liars and do not practice the truth. And we cannot say to one thing and then do another. And so John's hope throughout his letter is that we would not sin. Sin separates people from God and people from others. Sin kills. Just as God warned Adam in the Garden of Eden that the wages of sin is death. Sin condemns people to God's judgment and hell. Sin should be such a a foreign concept to us as image bearers of God that we would want to reject it, but but so often we don't. You know, sin is so wrong, then, then why do we sin? Well, our sinful nature, inherited from Adam, inclines us towards sin. Sin offers us immediate pleasure and enjoyment. We, we sin because we want to be the God over our own lives. Or we think that it doesn't matter what we do. Or, or we think that no one sees us in our sin. Or, or maybe we don't believe that sin has consequences. Or we don't believe that God's warning against sin. You know, John didn't want people to sin, but but he also wasn't naive about the human condition, which led him to bring up the gospel. Now, some people falsely claim to, to have no sin at all in their past or in their present. Now, John called them liars. Nobody can say that they do not sin. But our hope for a relationship with God is not based on our sin or the lack thereof. It's It's based on Jesus, the only righteous one. You know, if we believe in him, he becomes our advocate before God, our Father. And his plea on our behalf, whenever we sin, is the sacrifice he made for himself on the cross for us. So this, in turn, encourages us to resist sin and obey our Savior. Now, John did not say that once we become followers of Jesus, we will stop sinning, though that 
should be our ever-present goal because the work of Christ has freed us from our sin. Instead, he highlighted that when we do sin, we need to look to Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross and remember that he is our righteous advocate. You know, cleansing and forgiveness of sin come from Jesus when we are honest about our sin, when we confess our sin and bring it out from the shadows into the light of God's love. We can experience his forgiveness and never-changing, never-ending love. And this is good news. Now, John's warning about the deception of sin and the good news of forgiveness from Jesus is what fueled his hope what, that, that we would not sin. See, believers see their situation with, with more clarity than, than that of the, of the world because God has shown his light on us and in us so that we see Christ in his glory and subsequently turn from our sin and obey him. Check out this essential doctrine, Christ as propitiation. Because of God's righteousness and holiness, humanity's sins must be atoned for in order for people to be reconciled to God. As the propitiation for, for sins, Christ's death is the appeasement or satisfaction of God's wrath against sin. Christ's propitiation for our sins demonstrates both God's great love towards sinners, as well as the necessary payment that results from the penalty of sins. Here's our second point. Obeying Jesus comes from knowing him. Read with me 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And by this, we know that, that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, John began this letter by reminding his children in the faith of his own real-life experience with Jesus Christ. See, he had seen Jesus and touched Jesus' human body with his own hands. In other words, Jesus was not simply a spirit. He was human and alive. Now, additionally, John and and the disciples heard Jesus' voice as he taught, confronted, and gave commands. These weren't ordinary words, but words of truth and eternal life, words to obey. If we say that we have come to know Jesus, but our actions tell a different story, then we are liars and without the truth. And in fact, it appears to be impossible to know Jesus by faith and not be willing to obey him. Check out this quote. On the one hand, the person who keeps the commands can have confidence that he knows and abides in God. On the other hand, the one who claims to know God but does not keep the commands proves himself to be a liar. John does not envisage the possibility where where one can know God and not live in a manner pleasing to him. Later in, in his letter, John said that if we would know God and obey his commands, then we must know him as love because God is love. In fact, the way we get to to know God is 
through his love for us, revealed supremely in his one and only Son, whom he sent into the world. We know and experience God's love through the gospel. Jesus came to trade places with us so that we could know the love of the Father. He lived the perfect life we should have lived and died the death that we were condemned to die in our sin so that we might live through him. And what are some attributes that uh, Jesus helps us to know about God? Well, God is love. God is holy. God is truthful. God is gracious and merciful. God is faithful. God is just. You know, if we know Jesus by faith, then we will keep his commandments. So what are they? <laughs> well, right near the top is the command to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, John condemned hatred for our brothers and sisters in Christ because, because hate lurks in the darkness and is not from God, which we would know if we know God at all. See, God is love. And he has loved us. And and through the sacrifice of Christ, his one and only son, if we know that we have been loved in this amazing fashion, then then how would we withhold our love from others? Believers who live in the, the light and in the truth can't and won't withhold God's love. Knowing God means knowing God's love firsthand. It means we have experienced salvation by faith in Jesus and received the Holy Spirit, who confirms in our hearts that we now belong to our Heavenly Father as His children. This is more than a mere verbal assent. Just because we, we say something doesn't make it true. You know, the letter of 1 John teaches us that we know our words are true when they are backed up by our actions. Our obedience to to Jesus' command to love one another flows from God's love for us in the first place. While we were still sinners, enemies of God, Christ came to earth and died for us. And this kind of love stands in stark contrast to the fickle, shallow, often self-centered love the world has to offer. Because God's love is sacrificial undeserved, unconditional, free, and inviting. And since God loved us this way in Christ, we should strive to love one another in the same way. In addition to loving one another, what are some other commands believers should obey because they know God? Well, believers are given the capacity to forgive as they have been forgiven. Believers who know God I cannot help but proclaim and share the gospel to the ends of the earth. Believers are freed from worry and anxiety. Why? Because they know the God who will supply all their needs. Believers who know God will learn to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here's our last point. Obeying Jesus comes from loving him. Read with me 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. 
by this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. If you find it hard to believe that God loves you because of who he is, holy, and and that he accepts you, a, a sinner, completely on the basis of what Jesus did for us, then you are not alone. You know, many of us find it difficult to believe or understand unconditional love and unmerited favor. By nature, we we want to earn our keep. Like we want to know exactly what is expected of us so that we can merit the relationship bestowed upon us. But that isn't how love works. No, we love because God first loved us. Because of God's love shown to us in Jesus on the cross, we obey as we love others. And even more importantly, we obey because we love God in return. Now, some believers are competitive and try hard to outperform everyone else. Some of us get our identity from what we can accomplish. Still others give up before we start, knowing that in comparison to everybody else, we never quite measure up. However, none of these modes of obedience or the lack thereof reflects the love of God or love for God. Each one reflects a self-centered attitude, more focused on comparison with others than looking toward and resting in the gracious, unconditional love of God. And if we are children of God, we will want to keep his word. But when we fail, which we will, we need not look to others in guilt. No, we need to confess our sin our bad choices, our regular mistakes, our lustful or hateful thoughts, and bring them into the light of God's love. God still loves us and sent his son to be our sacrifice and our advocate. See what kind of love the father has given to us, that that we should be called children of God. And so we are. You know, what are some motives other than love for God that might fuel our acts of obedience. Maybe we have a desire to be noticed and praised by people, or a sense of shame and penance to make up for our failures, or fear of punishment and and judgment, or a desire to to look better than others. Knowing God, knowing his love for us in Christ, must work itself out in our lives as love for God and love for others. When believers keep Jesus' commands from a motive of love, we can have assurance that we are in Christ by faith and saved from our sins. We can see that God's love is accomplishing its purpose in our lives. Believers grow in this regard as they mature in the faith. We we call this sanctification. And, And God does this work in us through the Holy Spirit, the third person of of the Trinity. The Spirit assures believers of their adoption into God's family, and it helps us to walk as Jesus walked, in loving obedience to God the Father. You know, because believers are aware of their sin to fight it, and we desire to obey God's commandments, we we can know that we are in Christ and have been born again into God's family. We know this because 
God has given us his Holy Spirit who lives in us and helps us to remain in God's love. So if we confess that Jesus is the Son of God in the flesh and remain in his love, then we can know with confidence that God remains in us and does not condemn us, but rather loves us and forgives us. Now, we find it challenging to follow Jesus Christ and as, as he walked because we live in a world that seeks to satisfy us right now. The instant gratification of our desires tugs at our hearts and wears us down until we give in to our temptations. But the Holy Spirit reminds us of the gospel, giving us confidence in our salvation today and hope for eternal life tomorrow so that we will resist temptation and obey our Savior. We are called to obey God in love in light of his great love for us past, present, and future. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who lived, died, and rose again for us, we can walk in the light of God's love and forgiveness that frees us, transforms us, and gives us a meaning and purpose in this life and in the life to come. And whenever we doubt God's love, we only need, uh, we need only to look at the, at the person, and work of Jesus Christ, and remember that he shed his blood on our behalf and is our righteous advocate who atoned for our sin on the cross. Now we are free to walk in the light with a new purpose, to love others in the same way God loves us, so that the whole world may know of and believe in Jesus for salvation from sin. Because Christ's obedience to the Father has brought about our salvation, we obey Christ's command to love others as we seek to ways to provide for others in need. So what's next? You know, the Bible tells us to be doers of the word. So how are you going to apply the truth of God's word in your life this week? Well, here's some questions to get you thinking. What steps will you take to know Jesus and his love more deeply? What are some specific ways you can demonstrate love for one another within your church and for your physical neighbors? How will the teaching of 1 John inform the way you present and commend the gospel to others, both in word and in deed? Check out this quote. Therefore, everything which Christ has is ours, graciously bestowed on us, unworthy men out of God's sheer mercy. Although we have rather deserved wrath and condemnation and hell also, even Christ himself, therefore, who says he came to do the most sacred will of the Father, became obedient to him. And whatever he did, he did it for us and desired it to be ours. Thanks for watching this episode of Through the Word. Now, in teaching the church about the nature of obedience, the Apostle John reminded the church that obeying Christ comes from knowing and loving Him. Loving obedience is best demonstrated by Jesus Himself, 
who obeyed the Father and laid down his life for others. Can I share with you some good news? It is that Jesus came to live the perfect sinless life that you could not live. He died the sinner's death you deserve. But he defeated both sin and death by rising from the dead. And you can be saved from your sins by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Are you ready to give your life to Jesus? If so, will you pray this prayer with me? Uh, the words will be right here on the screen. Dear God, I am a sinner and I want to be forgiven. I believe Jesus Christ, your son, had died for my sins and is alive right now. I turn away from my sin and now confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and receive him into my life. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to control my life. And I thank you for giving me eternal life. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you reach out to me? Maybe you have some questions about what it means to follow Jesus. Get in touch. Go to our website at cbcmaysville.com forward slash connect. I want to connect with you. I want to send you some free resources to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And if you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it so that others can experience God's word? Next week's episode of Through the Word is titled Defending the Faith. And it comes from the book of Jude. We will see that Christ protects his people from stumbling due to false teachings and calls on them to contend for the faith. Well, Lord willing, I will see you next Thursday for Through the Word. Until then, God bless.